Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Rick Uccino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. Oh, we are back. It is Monday morning. We are back. SP3, is your WrestleMania hangover gone yet? Like, you know that huge weekend. You watched, like, everything. Like, literally everything. GCW, Joey Janela's thing, Ring of Honor, all the WrestleMania, Hall of Fame. You watched all of it. Is the hangover gone yet, like, for you? Or I mean, to be fair, I only watched up until Chad's uh, induction on the Hall of Fame. I wasn't going to sit through Televangelist, Undertaker, uh, you know, no matter how many people told me, oh, the shoes were so great. I was like, uh, I've seen, I, I saw the whole Last Ride series. I really don't need him. I really don't need a, a 45 minute speech from him. When you watch, when you watch all of that series, you don't need to do that. But I did watch most of the GCW collective. I'm like halfway through Mission Pro Wrestling, Bangers Only. That's like the last show, the very last show from WrestleMania week. I'm going to watch. Uh, I still need to do a Patreon video of my top 10 matches, wrote the piece for, for Wrestle Talk, and I haven't had a break since, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I still haven't had a day off where I don't talk about anything, or I don't talk about wrestling. I don't, you know, I like the my Fridays where I talk about sports and Degrassi. That's cool. It's a nice but, break, right, when you get to yeah. do that? Because, like, I used to do that all the time where I would talk about the Reds and the Bengals for, for local radio, and now I... Like I do news on a regular basis, but that's just like that doesn't scratch that creative itch, right? So no. it's like it's so great when I get to hop on anywhere and talk about the Bengals or the Reds or literally anything other than pro wrestling. It's a nice palate cleanser, is what it is. Literally, me and Jeremy Lambert of uh, Fightful. You, if you know him, you know how many articles he writes for Fightful. He was like, he told me, he literally told me, he was like, I need this, I need FMC. <laughs> I need Friday mornings where we just talk about anything besides wrestling. We talked about the NBA. We talked about Entourage would include a conversation about period sex. Um, So there was some great topics we covered on FMC, ladies and gentlemen. Probably one of our greatest episodes yet, even though it was the memorial service for my Los Angeles Lakers. Jesus criminy. The, the the greatest thing about Jeremy, right, is he really does write a ton of articles for Fightful, and they give us a ton of coverage, which I really, really appreciate. And we reciprocate by bringing up all the reports that Sean Ross, have, uh, you know, puts out there. He is the Adrian Wojciechowski, speaking of NBA, of wrestling media at this point. Um, but the best thing about Jeremy is, like, I'll send him quotes or i'll send him a video if i didn't have time to transcribe something like hey i thought you might be interested in this and it's like every single time he's just like fuck you rick (laughs) (laughs) like every time he's like damn it another thing i have to write up son of a bitch it's hilarious oh my god he he's the absolute best as i pull out my uh my headphones here but we do have a uh, a lot to get into today as i try to navigate and find the hole where my headphone jack goes i really should get this fixed and figured out but anyway okay. we got a, uh, a a nice episode for you here today as this the the reinforcements are coming for friday night smack actually they're they're already there uh they came a lot faster than veer did uh we will uh, break down all of those and whether or not that we can look past these what a majority of folks believe are unnecessary changes to these people, but the talents themselves are going to be welcome, welcome additions uh, to Friday night SmackDown. And who knows, maybe SmackDown and raw aren't done uh, adding talent. We will dive into all of that. It appears as though Shinsuke Nakamura is going to be the first person to challenge Roman Reigns after WrestleMania. Not the name I was expecting. Uh, But we will dive into that. Also, there was a tease that more titles could be unified in WWE. A lot of people are upset with Cody Rhodes' first match on Raw, and I don't get it. Also, I'm going to ask SP3, what should WWE do with Liv Morgan? I wrote about this for Cage Side Seats SP Nations over the weekend. I have thoughts on what's could possibly be happening as they continue to tease a split between her and Rhea Ripley. I'm going to ask Sid about that as well. But first things first, got to get a shout out to our friends over at Bet Online. We would not be here without them, and they continue to be the 
number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs. Don't bet on the Lakers uh, fights and even uh, the next few next season's futures. It's all there. And also don't forget the MLB is back. Who are you picking to win the World Series? Hey, be bold. Pick the Reds. They already won more wins this weekend than I thought they would. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, including live betting in your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It is super easy to get started. Head on over to the website today or use your mobile device. Use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. That is B-L-E-A-V and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And SP3, we will start with SmackDown's revamped roster. The reinforcements are here. And within the last few weeks, and this is something that we've talked about ad nauseum, since the draft split on, on this show and other shows uh, around the wrestling universe, right? We have talked about they decimated the SmackDown roster in the draft. They pretty much got Roman Reigns, Charlotte Flair, a couple of really, really nice pieces like a Sami Zayn but as far as like the top echelon part of the card at least the way the WWE books people they were thin the bench was empty pretty much no depth on Friday Night Smackdown they desperately needed people they needed more bodies they needed more talent and they have added new talent especially uh from this past Friday and even going back a little bit when you look at the fact that they have now added Pete Dunn, Volter, Marcel Bartel Lacey Evans and Raquel Gonzalez to the roster, all welcomed additions, all very nice additions, especially if we're going to get the kind of Lacey Evans that we saw this past Friday. But here's the uh, here's the issue that I think a lot of people aren't going to be able to look past is we aren't getting Pete Dunn. We aren't getting Walter. We aren't getting Marcel Bartel and we aren't getting Raquel Gonzalez. We're getting Butch. We're getting Gunta. We are getting Ludwig Kaiser. And we are getting Raquel Rodriguez. And we're getting Lacey Evans. Hey, they didn't change Lacey Evans' name. There we go. To be fair, she wasn't coming from NXT. That's true. Very, 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 very true. What are we thinking here? Because, again, if you look at the talent aspect, these are all very, very nice additions for SmackDown if they are utilized properly. We know history tells us they won't all be. But there is potential here to really bolster this SmackDown roster. I think if we can all kind of look past the changes, can USB three look past the changes on some of these people? No, because they didn't with all the talent you just named. They didn't, they didn't address the biggest issue with this roster. There's no top baby faces. There is none, nobody to the point that we have Shinsuke Nakamura. Who's been, who was, there was an intercontinental champion for like six months. Couldn't get on a pay-per-view. Who's whose guitar player, whose whose assistant became a bigger star in WWE's eyes than him? His yep. assistant gets get, his guitar player gets injured at WrestleMania, and now they expect us to take him serious as a number one contender. So all of those stuff would have been fine if you would have put Pete Dunne on on SmackDown <laughs> and present Pete Dunne as a babyface. You could have you could have solved one of your problems here, and you could have started to build him up as a potential top babyface on this roster. You put the Intercontinental Championship on Ricochet, and then you job him out twice in one week. You you make him lose to Austin Theory in another week, and then you you give him a triple threat win. And yes, he had he wanted to you know spend time with his kid, all fine and dandy, but he's not on the next week, so we don't even know what they're gonna do with him. Drew McIntyre, you know he's he's was stuck in a feud with Baron with uh, Happy Corbin and Mad Cat Moss for four freaking months, and we come out of WrestleMania, and he's with Sami Zayn, who just lost to the to the host of Jackass. So it's just like none of this solves the biggest issue. It wasn't. It wasn't just overall the roster was weak. There was a big glaring hole in their top babyface section that they still have not addressed. Gunther and Ludwig Kaiser does not fill that 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 solution at all. It's more likely that he's going to be the guy. Gunther is going to be the guy to beat Ricochet for the Intercontinental Championship, and God knows what's going to happen to Ricochet after that. Uh you got you got Butch, who's scrappy do now. Like he's not he's not the bruiser weight. He's the he's the the nephew of Scooby Doo now. Uh you got. Raquel, Raquel Rodriguez, yes, that helps out the women's division. But 
their presentation of her sucked on SmackDown. Like I, I was I was just watching Servant Face and Heels on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel with Stephanie Hypes and Miss Chrissy Love because I want to hear from the female perspective of fans. And yeah. they came up with multiple different scenarios that would have been great. And the best one was why couldn't Raquel Rodriguez be in that Charlotte segment when Charlotte was backstage talking to Rhonda, like you got to get to the back of the line. Why couldn't she turn around and be like, Raquel got Rodriguez is right there where we see someone who can go eye to eye with Charlotte. Yep. And she says, well, if there's room at the front of the line, why don't you put me there? And that would have been a much better debut than her denying a kiss from Los Lotharios. I mean, it's just like, they don't know. They, the thing that I have continued to say over the last couple of months outside of WrestleMania, because they got WrestleMania right for the most part, they yeah. got about, 85% of WrestleMania right until Vince McMahon at 76 years old decided to wrestle. But they got 85% of WrestleMania right for the most part. But when outside of there, WWE just works harder, not smarter. Yeah. The, I think the you, you, you want to talk about Raquel Rodriguez here for a second, who, by the way, hit the, hit the lottery as far as uh, renames uh, are concerned. I mean, that's about as... I mean, I, that's about as generous, I think, that you could ask for as far as a name change is, is concerned, is if they're going to you know, alter things up here, that you can get was, WWE creative. That was another thing they said. Why couldn't she just be Raquel? I don't know. <laughs> that's an interesting thing. Yeah, they could have just taken, all, taken her, her last name away. That's, that's WWE's MO. I mean, you want to talk about the, the two dudes you want to talk about the two dudes she was in a segment with? They don't have their last names anymore. They just said, okay, you're Angel and Umberto, and 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 there you go. But, yeah, man, I mean, okay, so Raquel Rodriguez, it's going to take some time to, to get used to that one, but all right, so she, she hits the name change lottery here. But I don't think they know what exactly it is that they want to do with her yet because if you look at the top end of the SmackDown women's division right now, Naomi and Sasha are your tag team champions. So conventional wisdom would have said, okay, well, why don't you bring up Raquel and Dakota and keep them as a tag team and help build up that women's tag team division. They decided not to do that. Um, okay. But so you got your top two baby faces outside of Ronda Rousey, uh, who are competing for or defending their tag team championships uh, this Monday on raw tonight on raw. We'll get to that here coming up in a little bit. And then, yeah, it's Charlotte and it's Ronda Rousey who are going to be continuing their feud. We'll get to that in a moment. So then it's like, okay, well, if Raquel's coming up as a baby face, which that's what it seems like, she's standing up there smiling ear to ear. That's how we know a female's a baby face in WWE. They go out there and they just smile. And, oh, I'm going to push away Los Lotharios. And, hey, I'm a baby face and everything's great. All right, who's the heel she working with? That's my question. She... They don't have anything for her to do right now, which begs the question, why'd you bring her up at this point in time? Is it just because it was the SmackDown after Mania and you decide, I think this was decided very quickly to bring up Raquel Rodriguez and they don't have really anything for her to do at this particular point in time, which is really weird because you just put the women's tag team championships, the NXT tag team championships on her and Raquel this past weekend. And then you get the call. Oh, well, hey, uh, we want we want Raquel right now. Really? Right right now? She got something coming up in the next few weeks? No, nah, but we want her up here right now. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I guess we're putting these belts back on toxic attraction. So that there, there's that. And now Raquel's just standing there, smiling, ear to ear. Everything's great. Everything is fantastic. But I I do like I, I do like the potential for Raquel, and I think she makes a perfect first opponent after Charlotte drops the SmackDown Women's Championship to Ronda Rousey. If you are going to be going babyface Raquel and you want to book her solid right out of the gate, yes, I think a program with Charlotte Flair is, is the way to go. But Charlotte right now is still dealing with Ronda Rousey. And it's just like you got, you got Ronda Rousey, you got Naomi. You got Sasha Banks. 
Lacey Evans, you mind mind you, all the people you named, I left Lacey Evans out because that was a good change. That was a that was a change that was needed to get her in a different direction. I think that she can be a good talker. She just talked in her normal vo- voice. The Southern Belle character ran its course. It became stale at the end there, and she had to be in a relationship with Ric Flair. That's when you knew that gimmick had jumped the shark. So this was a much needed change. But then it just really feels when you call up Raquel in the same role when she's like seven feet tall when she could probably probably be a next monster heel for Ronda to 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 you know to challenge Ronda when she eventually wins the SmackDown Women's Championship or like you said could have called up Dakota too and just had them as a tag team to be the next up the next challengers after you know they run the course with Shayna Baszler and Natalia as the next challenger yeah. for Boston Glow, which they teased on this show as well. It's just like it feels like overkill because you just added two more babyface uh, exactly. ladies when you still have this glaring hole on the male side for top <laughs> babyface. Like I just can't get over how we are. We, we so, they they filled they filled spots on this show, but still had the most glaring hole still not filled. Yeah, and they could have very easily filled that hole by putting Cody Rhodes on SmackDown. That Thank made, you. That made all the sense in the world to me. Oh, you're bringing back Cody Rhodes? Oh, well, he's going on SmackDown, right? He's going on SmackDown, right? Clearly, he's going on SmackDown. Nope. nope. Monday Night Raw, perfect spot for Cody Rhodes to be in the mix with all of the other top-level talent that they have in the men's division on Raw. And then you look over on SmackDown and, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's yeah. Now they did kind of alleviate their issues here by unifying the titles, at least for the time being, because that means Roman Reigns, if there's only one champion, he doesn't have to feud with anybody on SmackDown. So that's that kind of helps alleviate the problem here in the short term. But as far as the long term prospects, they need two world championships at one point, I would think. Uh we'll get into that coming up here in uh, a little bit. We did talk about the fact that they have all these damn baby faces on SmackDown in the women's division now. Not a lot of heels. And their top heel is still the champion. And she is now booked against Ronda Rousey. They couldn't make it official on Friday for some reason. I guess they wanted us to keep an eye on the social medias on Saturday. But then they made it official, even though Charlotte said no. Uh, we're getting Charlotte Flair. We're getting Ronda Rousey. It is an I quit match for the SmackDown Women's Championship at WrestleMania Backlash. Say to your reaction. Adam Pierce had a whole damn segment on the show where he stood outside the locker room with Sami Zayn. And Sami Zayn says, I would challenge any the next person that walks out that locker room door. Drew McIntyre walked out and he was like, you know, no, I meant the next person <laughs> after Drew McIntyre because Sami Zayn is great and he's hilarious. And Adam Pierce said, no. You said it. The match is official. Meaning that Adam Pierce made that match, ladies yes. and gentlemen. Yes, he did. Yep. And then when Ronda Rousey asks him if he's gonna if he's gonna give her her match at WrestleMania Backlash, he's like, "I don't have the power to make matches." My dude, you did it like thirty minutes ago. Are did you he say me? Make, did he say make matches or make that match? Because the wording I, I, to me here, the wording to me here means something. And maybe this is me reading into this too much, but to me. And I wish that they would convey this out on the screen because this makes sense to me. Adam Pierce not having the authority to put Charlotte Flair in an I quit match against Ronda Rousey, that makes sense to me. That's that doesn't almost- make sense. He's made matches for pay-per-views. He's made, he has made multiple matches with Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown Women's Championship. You, you do realize she has been the SmackDown Women's Championship since that horrible segment she swapped titles with Becky back in November, back in what, October? And, yeah. and no, he's made multiple matches with Charlotte Flair. If he said, I can't make the I quit match, then the wording exactly. is on point. He didn't say that match. He says, I don't have the power to make matches. That's what his wording was. And he made a match 30 minutes before that. Who scripts this? I don't, I don't know. Understand. But it like- I, don't, I don't understand why these two women couldn't have their match official on the show because that was the only, that was the first time after WrestleMania that they gave us a direction on where we're going. 
There was people debuting, but there was people debuting with we don't know what's gonna happen from week to week with Gunther or Ludwig Pfizer or Kaiser, whatever. I don't care. Um, uh, <laughs> we don't know what's next for Raquel Rodriguez. We know that uh, you know, Butch lost his first match in his first singles match on the main roster. We know we know where he's going. Because Scrappy Doo already tried to hit up Scooby and Scrappy over there, uh, Irish Scooby and Irish and uh, what I don't know where Rich Holland's from, but yeah, this was the only segment that gave us a direction on where we're going for WrestleMania Backlash, and then they couldn't even make it official until randomly at 12 p.m. on social media. Just man, they just work harder, not smarter, a lot. They they really do try to boost their social numbers. Like they want you to pay attention to their Instagram, to their Twitter, to their Facebook, to everything. And, and, and on a certain level, I understand it and I get it. All right. Cause those are still viewers, right? You could, it, it, it's a different ad revenue, right? It's, it's to say, Hey, look, yes, our ratings are where they are, but look at all these hits we're getting on YouTube. Look at all these hits we're getting on Twitter. Look at all these hits we're getting on Facebook. And that's why they do stuff like this. And to a certain point, I get it. But as far as this is concerned, we all knew this match was happening. We all knew this match was going to go down. So just go ahead and make it a damn official or at least have the actual language be Adam Pierce needs to check with the higher ups before making this match because of who Charlotte Flair is, right? He doesn't want to be the guy that books Charlotte Flair in an I quit match and it gets a call from the boss like, you know who the hell this is? This is Charlotte Flair. This is our moneymaker. What the hell are you this, doing putting her in a match is, like this? This is the other thing. If you have any type of memory, you know for a fa- you you have the the thought in your mind that there's not going to be any follow up for this. It's not going to be Charlotte Flair coming up to him and being like, "Why did you do this?" We find out the answer why because I'm still wondering why they didn't put Drew McIntyre in that battle royal that Sami oh, Zayn won all those months ago. We never got the follow up to that, so I have no faith we're going to get follow up to this on why Adam Pearce couldn't make this match on SmackDown. You know what's sad? I completely forgot about that. And that's part and, and that and that's why WWE he does this kind of stuff. They, they, they designed it to make you forget this stuff. The match is gonna be great though. I quit match at, Wrestle, at WrestleMania Backlash. Yeah. Sign me the hell up. That was another thing they discussed on uh the servant face and heels was there this the placement of that match at WrestleMania. There was no way they were going to succeed. They just came off of two classic matches, including the the return of Cody Rhodes with his AEW persona, theme song, everything. everything. The, and they had Stone Cold Steve Austin to come. That crowd was just like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna cheer Ronda for her entrance. We're gonna boo Charlotte for hers. Now we're gonna rest for the next uh, 15, 20 yeah. minutes before. Austin comes out and then we can go crazy again. So make us up when this is over. Right. Yeah. 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 So th- this would have been, mu- I said it myself, this would have been much better on night two or they made the suggestion. It should have opened night one. Like, I, I mean, I-, I don't understand why you would put out there a match. No one was interested in, in Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Booz. Yeah. It was great performance. Them in the big stadium. That's all fine and dandy, but no one cared about that match. So that is not the type of match that you open up WrestleMania weekend with. You should have opened up with big stars like Ronda and Charlotte, and they would have had a chance to succeed on this show. Yeah. I, I get why they did what they did, because I will say this much to open up the show, doing the the Rick Boogs and his Freddie Mercury thing, and then the Shinsuke Nakamura theme and Pat McAfee dancing like an idiot. That was an electric atmosphere. That fired the crowd up, and I get why they decided to, to order that where it is. But unless they were going to be unifying the titles on night two, it made no sense to me to put both women's championship matches on night one. It just didn't, and ultimately one of them was going to suffer, and yes, it was Ronda Rousey uh, and Charlotte Flair. Uh, by the way, guys, uh, We still got all month long, the month of April. We got a special promo going on with our friends over at Manscaped right now. 20% off plus free shipping. All you got to do is use our promo code BELIEVEPW. That is B-L-E-A-V, the letter P, the letter W. Boom. Put that in on your purchase. 20% off free shipping. These products are an absolute game changer in the male grooming industry. Trust me, uh, this 
This has been a welcome addition to my life. They sent us over some nice, fine products. Sid, I know you. they sent some stuff over to you as well. Uh, so we thank our friends over at Manscaped uh, for this special promo we got going on all throughout the month of April. Uh, trust me, guys. Like I could sit here and I could go into intricate details. You don't want me to, but I'm just telling you, your life is going to be a lot easier. Oh, by the way, your significant other, yeah, they're going to like it a whole lot as well. It's time to answer the five count on the Believe Podcast Network. All right, so Sid, they, they decided to put Cody Rhodes and presumably Braun Breaker over on Raw, right? But on SmackDown, we got still a lot of depth people added, as we mentioned. We got Butch, Lacey, Raquel, Gunta, and yeah, let's throw in Ludwig Kaiser. First question here on the five count, who do you think will have the biggest immediate impact on the blue brand and then question number two who will have the most long-term success on the main roster may not necessarily be the same person here no it's not i would say immediate impact it's going to be gunta i think gunta uh in within this year should probably become the intercontinental champion and as far as long-term success it's raquel rodriguez because she is a homegrown uh, talent for WWE. Her training has mostly come from the WWE Performance Center. She's from the same training class as Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley. And despite what a lot of people think about their the booking of the women's division in WWE, Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley have had consistent booking for much of their career. Even if you say, you know, Bianca's bit, booking has been much better than Rhea, Rhea hasn't had much time where she didn't have a championship. I think this is the longest she's gone without having a championship. She's either been the women's tag team champion or the Raw women's champion for pretty much her entire career on the main roster in the past year and change. So both ladies have been good. So I think long-term it's going to be Raquel Rodriguez. Gunther, he's going to get a good probably six-month run, and he's going to get that Intercontinental Championship and then probably never be seen on a premium live event ever again. <laughs> but so immediately he's going to he's gonna be on the right foot, though. Uh, so, yeah, that's my answers. So I'm going to go with, as far as immediate impact, just based off of presentation alone, I think it's going to be Gunther. I think they want him to elevate and be a top single star babyface. This is why he's been getting in shape, right? This is why he is really slimmed down and and bulked up, uh, you know, where it matters the most and it kind of redefined everything and why they have slowly been repackaging him. It's, it's been for this moment. It has been to bring him up to the main roster. And just based off the presentation with him and, and Marcel, I don't know why Fabian Eichner's not there. They could use these guys as a tag team, but they didn't do that. I've seen a lot of people say that these guys are going to be tag team, be a tag team. They could, but then why didn't they book them in a tag team match on Friday? No, they are booking Gunther to be the single star here. And Martel or Ludwig, whatever you want to call him, is basically his Ricardo Rodriguez. All right. Like that's what he's going to end up being here. Uh, although a very in shape uh, Ricardo Rodriguez, but still, uh, but he could go as well. So they have options there. But based off of this, they are going to have him just beat the holy hell out of local jobbers like whoever this joe alonzo guy was i hope he got paid well uh, <laughs> on friday because he got his ass whooped all right so i'm hoping he got paid well and whoever else has to go up against gunther over the next several weeks yeah good luck to you i think he's gonna have the the impact in that way and they're going to try to build him up and yes i think he'll be intercontinental champion sooner rather than later and then maybe he's ready for the next step but whether or not wwe decides to go that next step with him I don't know. Um, that's that's a question. And that's always been the question with NXT people because sometimes they get brought up to a lot of fanfare immediately and then they sizzle out, but then maybe they swing back around and they come back and they end up having a really good career. It's all about you know longevity and surfing the ups and downs with WWE's main roster. So that's why these answers aren't always the same. And for me, as far as long-term success, as far as the people who are on the roster, uh, on, now officially on the blue brand, Based off of what I saw on Friday, if they stick with it, I'm going with Lacey Evans because the way that they presented Lacey Evans, that's somebody that I can get behind. She actually has a, a really, it may be great's not the word here, but her life story is something that you can truly get behind. Everything that she said, that's, that's her. That was her upbringing. That's a better story than WWE could 
ever write. And it's amazing to me that they waited this long to tap into who she really is and try to portray that out on TV. And I will always be up for that. I am all for putting as much of the actual human beings on television as possible because that's who the people fall in love with. That's who the people connect with is the, the talent themselves. We talked about this with Becky Lynch. This is why nobody wants to boo Becky Lynch and why everybody was like, no, don't turn her heel. What the hell are you doing? Because everybody loves to love Becky Lynch because they know how great of a person she is and everything that she went through in her career to get to where she is now and to find the success that she's having when she wasn't supposed to have that success. That's why nobody wants to freaking boo her, even though her work has been spectacular as a heel, at least in my opinion. But people connect with these the talents themselves. That's why all these media interviews that everybody does is so great for the talent for them and why I, I encourage them not to their faces. They can give me whatever they want in an interview. You can give me a shoot interview or work interview. That's fine. I'll work my way around it. I encourage you to show a little bit of yourself, show a little bit of who you are to the audience. Cause that is what's going to help you connect. And the sassy Southern bell or, you know, having Ric Flair be your sugar daddy. That ain't working. That wasn't working. It wasn't working. This Lacey Evans, this Lacey Evans has a chance and I'm interested to see what chapter two uh, is going to look like as she's going to do a couple of these what, three chapters as far as her story is concerned. And then she'll be back and in, in, in the ring and ready to go. So based off of presentation and everything that I've seen evidence wise, I'm going to say Lacey Evans. I'd say Pete Dunn based off of what I saw bell to bell with him and Xavier Woods on Friday. Ain't nobody with the name Butch going to have long-term success. I'm just sorry. They, they just tied an anchor around his ankles and chucked him to the bottom of the Atlantic as far as I'm concerned and said, okay, now swim your way to the top. That's what the name Butch did. That and the whole, like you said, I think Scrappy-Doo is the perfect uh, <laughs> description for what they're having him do. But bell to bell, he was Pete Dunn. And yeah, he lost to the most devastating finishing maneuver ever, the backwoods by... Now, Xavier Woods again. Jesus. They took away his crown already. SP3. Barry Corbin had that thing for two years. Two years. He did nothing with it. Xavier <laughs> Woods gets a, a banger theme, a great Bowser crown. The fans are ecstatic about it. Everybody's happy for King Woods. Everybody's enjoying the King Woods character. He gets hurt for a few weeks and he comes back and they're like, nah, we don't need that anymore. What are we doing? Work harder, not smarter. But we still get Queen Zelina on Monday Night Raw. See, here's the thing, right? I think this is my theory anyway on this part. I think Xavier Woods injury helped kill Big E's singles run. And I think Big E's injury killed king woods because they're like oh well we got to keep the new day collectively as as a tag team and we can't have one person be better than the other as a, as a tag team and so you're just going to be new day and it's just going to be xavier woods and kofi kingston again we don't need this king shit that's my theory anyway we brought him up earlier in the show number two here on the uh five count the the guy who closed out the show on friday night with the bloodline Without Rick Boogs, because he tore his quad and had to have surgery, and we wish him a speedy recovery, but Shinsuke Nakamura is now back on his own. He showed up, square down the, with the bloodline on Friday night, and before he could even talk, Roman Reigns is putting the microphone down. He says, hey, look, I'm sorry about your partner. I get it. I know you're upset. Everything's great. Come on, just give me a hug. We'll hug this out. Everything will be fine. Acknowledge your tribal chief. Shinsuke Nakamura is just like, what the hell is going on? Great facial expressions on his part. And then he eats a super kick from either Jimmy or Jay. I didn't see who actually delivered it, but he got his ass whooped. It was both of them. It was both of them. He got it from both of them. Okay, so that's fair. Are we buying or selling here Shinsuke Nakamura SP3 as the first opponent for Roman Reigns after WrestleMania? Because it sure seems like that's the direction that we're heading here with Rick Boogs out of the picture. I'm selling this five times before we even get to Tuesday. Um, how do you expect anyone to take this seriously? Roman Reigns, who has defeated everyone 
from Kevin Owens to his own cousin Jey Uso to Cesaro to Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar, he defeated at WrestleMania with just a spear. It didn't even take that much for him to beat him. He just reversed the F5, hit a second spear, one, two, three, got the victory over Brock Lesnar. And you expect me to take Shinsuke Nakamura, who couldn't get on a pay-per-view as Intercontinental Champion, finally gets on a pay-per-view, and his guy that's been treated better all these months, Rick Booz, gets hurt, and he loses to the Usos. How do you expect me to take him seriously as the challenger for Roman Reigns? Yes, this would have been nice to see when it when he would when he won that gauntlet all those uh, like a year ago. That was the time uh, to do it, yeah. And and you could have done it because he looked good then, and you could have done it then, but you didn't. It's too late now because I know you're not going to bring that up. I know you're not going to make that better. So yeah, this just seems like this seems like WWE ran out of options on SmackDown because you still had that glaring hole of no top baby faces and you decided to fill it with the first guy that walked through the door. You were like Sami Zayn with, I'm going to challenge the next person who comes out that locker room. And instead it was Vince like, I'm going to give the, the the first opponent for Roman Reigns coming out of WrestleMania where he became Thanos and is the undisputed, undisputed universal champion. I'm going to give the first person who walks out the door that, and it was Shinsuke Nakamura with a surfboard because he wanted to go surf he wasn't interested in even wrestling and he was like you know what shinsuke you were the first opponent for roman reigns just doesn't make sense so i sell uh it doesn't make sense um it it it, it doesn't make sense because of the the months and months and months and months of the way that they have booked shinsuke nakamura pretty much since they booked shinsuke nakamura since his title program with aj styles which, by the way, was the time to put the championship on him. Like, he should have won at least one of how many title matches did they have? Four? Five of them? Should have won oh. at least four of them? Should have won one of them. Probably that last one. Probably would have been a good call to go ahead and just give Shinsuke an opportunity. He was white hot. He was white hot. Should have called. Should have pulled the trigger then. They didn't. And then his booking ever since. It's been, all right, we'll give you a little nugget here or there. We'll give you a United States title run. Never defended it, wasn't on TV, dropped it in like his second defense. Oh, we'll give you an Intercontinental Championship run. Never defended it. About his third or fourth defense on television over the course of six months, he drops it to a guy who lost it a week later. Um, they, they've never really given him the ball and let him run with it. So all of his booking since, his, since 2017, really, has not made a ton of sense to merit this. Now. Him coming out to square up with the Usos after what happened at WrestleMania, that to me, I could almost buy. I can almost buy that, and then Roman Reigns can kind of interject, and that's a way that they can kind of build off of this. But I'm going to buy it in a sense that I'm happy that Nakamura is getting this spot because this is this is a guy who's got all-world talent who could be a top-level babyface on SmackDown if just booked accordingly. So if this means, whether it's for a month, two months, what have you, you don't want to go to Drew McIntyre right now, you don't want to go to somebody else, maybe a Randy Orton, that would be another guy that we've talked about, you know, with Dutch Mantel as, uh, as a guy who would make some sense with just a little tweak here or there. You could get him, Randy Orton and, and Roman Reigns together. If that's not a direction that you want to go, don't want to go to Cody right now, why the hell not give Shinsuke Nakamura a spot? I don't think you're answering the question. This is, do you buy, are you, we buying or selling Shinsuke Nakamura as Roman Reigns first pony after WrestleMania? We're not, we're not buying or selling. Is Shinsuke Nakamura going to have a good match with Roman Reigns? Cause he probably will. We are buying him as the first opponent after what Roman Reigns did at WrestleMania. This is clearly a sell no matter how you try to spin it. I'm going to actually buy this. I'm going to buy it because I want him in this spot and two, he's going to lose because we know that Roman Reigns ain't dropping the damn title until SummerSlam anyway, if he drops it at SummerSlam. So you got to get to SummerSlam. He's got to beat some more people. He hasn't fought Shinsuke Nakamura yet. You don't want to do Drew McIntyre here for some reason. Okay, let's go to your next baby face who doesn't have a championship right now. It's, Shins it, it's either go to Pat McAfee or Shinsuke Nakamura. Which one are you going to? Pat McAfee. I'd buy, I'd buy Pat McAfee. 
if it wasn't for Vince McMahon uh, going into business for himself, I would have bought Pat McAfee after beating Austin Theory as the first opponent. Austin Theory was booked incredibly strong uh, heading into WrestleMania, including beating both uh, mid-card uh, title holders. Number three here as we try to speed things up a little bit. Uh, the big thing that Roman Reigns said before Shinsuke Nakamura interjected on Friday night was he said basically his work was done. He's done everything that he could possibly do. He has beaten everybody. He has unified the world titles. Nothing left for him to accomplish, really. But he said there is still plenty for the bloodline to accomplish. And he is now sending the Usos after the Raw Tag Team Champions, RK Bro. That would be the bridge that I mentioned earlier about getting Randy Orton and, and Roman Reigns together. He wants them to unify the men's tag team titles. So, number three, would unifying the Raw and SmackDown tag team titles be the right move, in your opinion, SP3? Because it seems like this is what's going to happen because they brought it up on television. So, that is probably the direction we're going. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you're a man, a woman, a mammal, or uh, anything to WWE. They don't like tag teams. They don't care about tag team wrestling. They don't value tag team wrestling. So, yes, unified the, the, the Raw and SmackDown tag team titles is the right move because you're not taking any opportunities really away from anybody. Like, like I always you know, argue with Rick about unifying the women's the women's titles because that's going to take away opportunities and you won't see the Naomi's or the Carmella's or the Natalia's of the world get get chances with that championship. But with this one, it's like, yeah, there's a bunch of tag teams you could probably rail off. You could probably rail off 12, but which, which ones are the ones they really care about? They care about the Street Profits. They care about Alpha Academy for now. They care about the Usos, and they care about RK Bro. And New Day. And New Day. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's really it. That's really it. And RK RK Bro, and look, man, like, even Alpha Academy and RK Bro, I mean, those are teams that were singles competitors that they they jammed together. And that's what they do so often or not is, like, look, man, some of the greatest tag team runs in WWE history have just been top-level single stars that they have put together. And they had no plans for RK Bro. Like none. none. That for this is canon. Like that first night, they were supposed to be done. And then the crowd reacted so well. They're like, all right, well, we'll just see where this goes. And where this has gone now has been a partnership for a year that has now yielded two tag team championship runs. And they're the most overact on Monday nights. Yep. Which should show you value. In, in tag teams, but then again, maybe it doesn't because you could just take two guys who don't belong together, put them together, and then boom, print money. So exactly. that's that's all they RK Bro just falls in a in a line with Rock and Sock Connection yep. and Team Hell No. Like that's what they are. They are basically a tag team designed to break up. That's what most most WWE tag teams are. So yeah. unifying the tag team titles is not taking away any opportunities from anybody. So, yes, it's the right move. Yeah, and I think this is the right move as well. And I wouldn't stop there, to be completely honest with you. I would unify the men's tag team titles. I would unify the women's tag team titles. And I mean the NXT and women's tag team championships because it made no damn sense right. uh, to bring those to have two separate titles whatsoever. And then you could bring the NXT tag teams into the fold. And all of a sudden now you have a, a real women's division and we'll, we'll get into the women's tag team division here in, in a little bit. Um, Cause it looks like they're getting ready to dwindle that down to two teams again, right after they built it up to a massive amount of four teams ahead of WrestleMania. looks like they're about ready to cut that in half. Um, but yeah, I would not stop there. I would unify all the tag team titles, have one set of men's, one set of women's. Even if you just had one set of women's tag team titles, to me, it did not make sense to have one set of women's titles and two sets of men's. You don't need them. You can really solidify and focus on the six, seven different tag teams that you have. And that's really all you need. That's really all you need. And you could just have them be floating championships, just like Roman Reigns is as a floating champion. And this is something, and I'll bring this up. This is something I've, I've brought up before because. Again, I look at things that make sense. As long as the men's titles are going to be unified, which I don't, and I'm talking about the singles championships, the world titles. If the if that's going to be the long-term plan and you're just going to have one championship, 
then yes, they should unify the women's titles. And I fully get, I, I fully understand what you're saying. And I wholeheartedly agree with what you're saying, which is why creating a women's mid card title would be the way that I would go. But no, no, Rick, no. The reason why they unified the men's titles is the issue we started talking about at the top of the show. They don't have death at the top of their card. That's the reason why they do it. They don't have death in the tag team division. That's why that's the right move. They do have death in the women's division. They do. They do. They have the four horse women. You got Ronda Rousey. You got Naomi who's been stepping up. You got you got so many. You got Shayna Baszler who's been underutilized like you got so many different women so it does not make any sense that oh if we do it for the men we're gonna do it for the women it's a horrible reason it's a horrible reason that's just that's just no that treat the women better treat the women better they deserve two separate titles and to some people one is going to be higher than the other right now to a lot of fans the raw women's championship is on a higher level than the smackdown women's championship yes. because they don't a lot of people don't care for charlotte flair or ronda rousey that's that's just who it is that's and the charlotte TV, that's the tbs booking. title and charlotte's booking has i mean she wasn't defending that on pay-per-views either remember she was in the royal rumble they didn't think they had anybody for her to defend the title against at the Royal Rumble, which was almost as bad as them putting the WWE champion in the Royal. Actually, it was as bad as them putting the WWE champion in the Royal Rumble. Um, I say that it makes sense, at least in my mind, if you're going to have one men's world champion to have one women's world champion. But I don't think that's going to be the case long term for the men. I don't, because I think they're going to kick this can down the road until it comes draft time, and then they will reshuffle the rosters and they'll have everything figured out. So Roman Reigns is going to carry both titles through SummerSlam, and then it'll be draft time. They'll reshuffle everything, and everything they will get put back. They don't know how to reshuffle, Rick. I'm saying, man, we're going we gonna to talk about this in October, and I'm going to be like, I told you this is going to happen. They always just stack one roster over the other. Some years, it's SmackDown gets the stack roster. 2020, SmackDown got the stack roster, and Raw fell off. In yep. 2021, it was wrong. Got the stack roster. They always overcorrect. They, they overcorrect one over the other. That's what they do. They don't know how to make balanced rosters on both sides. You I know what they mean? Put your Vince hat on and realize <laughs> this is just what they do. They're not going to learn from it. Not, not, not to be like, not to bring politics in it. They need a redistricting commission. That's what they need. They need an independent mediator contractor to come in and go, all right. This roster ain't set. That roster ain't set. We need to we need to we need to even this shit out, guys. All right. Cause come three months from now, you're gonna be going, who the f- are we booking against Roman Reigns? All right, because that's the damn problem you ran into last year. Don't do it again this year. That's exactly what they need to do. Uh a lot of people need a good a good slap based off of what I've been reading on social media because people have been losing their damn minds, SP3, over the fact that Cody Rhodes triumphant return to monday night raw on television in a match going to be against the miz do you have a problem with this because i don't no i don't even understand why people are complaining about this i it doesn't it doesn't matter like what do you what did you want you wanted him to first roman reigns Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, when his first opponent on Raw, Miz is just fine. Miz was the first opponent on SmackDown for AJ Styles. Who cares? <laughs> it's just a matchup on Raw. If this was for Cody Rose's first pay-per-view match, then yeah, I understand it. I do understand why some people are complaining. Some of the people that are complaining because the Miz has been the same guy for 13 years. So I understand if your view of the Miz hasn't changed in a decade. Because he's the, he's still he's still the same guy that I saw at SummerSlam 2012. So if, if he if there's not much change in a character, I can understand if the fan base is against him. But to complain about this and have an issue with this as Cody Rhodes' first Raw opponent, I'm not going to waste time and talk anymore about this. Yeah, it's it's over analyzing, right? Like he's not facing the Miz at WrestleMania Backlash. I don't think the Miz will be his first big feud out the gate. But this is sitting here and going, look, they just booked his return about as perfect as you could book a return. And now we're going to, are we going to, are we doing this every step of the way? Are we going to sit here and overanalyze and overthink every single tiny move with Cody Rhodes return to WWE on the way to him eventually winning a world title 
because that is going to get exhausting real damn fast. Who cares? It's a match on Raw. It'll probably be a really good match on Raw, and Cody Rhodes will win, and that will probably be the end of it. And is The Miz, like, really that? The Miz isn't bad. Like, this is a guy who I think gets shit on a lot. The guy had a really good match at WrestleMania. The guy is a great performer. He cuts a good promo. Yeah, he's the same character he's been for the last 12 years. I get it. But this is a guy who is a two-time Grand Slam champion. This is a guy you could say his world title run, his second world title run was meaningless. No, this was a guy who helped make Bobby Lashley's night by becoming WWE champion and selling that for the entire episode of Raw, building it around and making Bobby Lashley's moment that much better. There is value in a guy like Miz. All right. Put some respect on his damn name. No, I have no issue whatsoever with Cody Rhodes beating the hell out of Miz tonight on Monday Night Raw. Uh, one of the matches that we have tonight is for the women's tag team titles, even though they didn't earn this match last week. Liv Morgan did get a surprising win over Sasha Banks uh, on Friday Night SmackDown. I shouldn't say it should be that surprising, SP3, because there's only so many guarantees in life, you know, life, death, taxes, and WWE booking their women's tag team champions to lose. Uh, the last time somebody who held gold, the women's tag team gold won a match. It was January 3rd. So congratulations to Sasha Banks for, for continuing that. I think that streak will end tonight. I think they will retain it. They, the they ended the streak on raw. What was that? What do you mean? Did the they championship win a oh, that's right. They did. That's right. They did still whatever, whatever new streak started, but the, the new streak will end. I forgot about that already. I'm an idiot sometimes, but still Liv Morgan beat Sasha Banks. The bottom line here is they continue to tease and tease and tease that Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley are, are not going to be together much longer. Rhea Ripley did not accompany Liv Morgan on Friday Night SmackDown. That was the latest tease after the, the old cold shoulder incident there. And then you get the reports that Rhea Ripley is being massively considered to be joining Edge and Damian Priest, which is absolute money, to which I ask, okay, what the hell do you do with Liv Morgan here, who is somebody who has been on the creative roller coaster in WWE? All of a sudden, it starts with, oh, I'm coming back, and I'm in a thing with Lashley and, and, and Lana, and then, oh, we're going to drop that, and I'm going to completely fall off the table. Then I'm with Ruby Riot again, and then, no, we're feuding. Oh, but no, we're back up in a tag team. We're getting tag team title shots, but we're not going to win it again. Oh, now, I'm, now Ruby's gone, and I'm on my own. She has been trying to find some solid footing in WWE for two years now as a singles, as a tag team competitor, she gets to the goal line and WWE flag for a false start or some bullshit and they back her up 10 yards and make her start over again. If Rhea Ripley goes alongside with Edge and Damian Priest, this is something that I wrote about for Cage Side Seats. I think they should keep her and Liv Morgan together. I think Liv Morgan should join her inside the, the grand jury, if that is what they're going to call them. What would you do with Liv Morgan if you split Rhea Ripley? her and Rhea, Rhea Ripley apart. If Rhea Ripley's going with Edge and Damian Priest, should Liv Morgan join them? No. Liv Morgan's never been that good as a heel. She's a much better babyface. I'm all for people, especially in a company that is devoid of people who uh, devoid of the booking of babyfaces in general. Even if you're a great babyface, they know how to book you badly enough that you have to become a heel. You keep someone in that role when they're doing well in that role. And Liv Morgan is doing extremely well as a babyface. Rhea Ripley turning on her gives her a feud outside of the title picture and she can be the, the, the lead female going against them. And she can align with the AJ styles of the world or the Finn Balor's of the world who might be against this whole grand jury stable. Her joining Rhea Ripley does nothing. It, it dilutes the fact that Rhea Ripley is going to be the first female or the only female in this group. No, I don't think they sh she should join this group. I think WWE, as far as Rhea Ripley is concerned, has a it's win win either way for me on this one because she's going to be instantly elevated with with Edge and Damian Priest. And yes, her turning on Liv Morgan, they can do that feud with Liv Morgan. Rhea Ripley will come out on top, and then as her as the top heel is immediately squared up against Bianca Belair, the top babyface, and that's a feud that you can do after WrestleMania backlash, because I still think that it's going to be Bianca and Becky at WrestleMania backlash. So that's a great avenue for Rhea Ripley. 
again, I'm concerned about what happens next with Liv Morgan because she loses to Rhea Ripley, which I believe would be the case. Okay, now what? Now she's off TV. Now she's in creative hiatus. She's too damn good to be, to not have solid footing. I don't like her as a heel necessarily, but I would rather her and Rhea be together and in a group and keep the women's tag team division going because again, live for brutality and boss and glow connection. Those are two foundational pieces that you can build off of. I don't want to split either one of those teams up in the women's tag team division until you have other tag teams there. So if you look at edge and Damian priest, you have your leader, you have your enforcer common sense dictates a tag team might be next. Let's break the mold here a little bit. Let's put a female tag team in there instead of a male tag team. Again, she it's not just find another another female to team with. Her and Alexa Bliss would be a perfect sure. tag team. She Alexa Bliss can find her and make her her new her little life size Lily. That could be the next <laughs> tag team to go against the Boston Globe connection. I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I just I don't know, man. I'm just tired of this this constant change of direction. And even this would be a change of direction for Liv Morgan. It would still be. I don't know she'd almost be more made being with with edge and honestly you could do some kind of a storyline in there where it's like she wants to be with Rhea still but she's not quite sure if she wants to go that direction or that route there, there's a lot of small little things they could i'm just bottom line here is if Rhea ripley breaks off and joins edge and damian priest that's great for her it's going to do great things for her career and she'll be raw women's champion sooner rather than later i am worried uh for for Liv morgan and what that's going to mean uh for her one person I ain't worried about at all, SP3. One for the road here. Uh, AEW got a new made man, and that's Wheeler Yuta, uh, after what we saw on Rampage and his match with John Moxley in the main event, shaking hands with William Regal after. You want to talk about making a star and in quick fashion? Tony Khan showed you how to do it. Showed you how to do it in a heartbeat they they could have just easily put him in a group with john moxley and brian danielson and said all right now elevate this man they made him earn his way in and that crowd was insane for him on friday i and they told the perfect story they he, he earned the respect of danielson with his technical wrestling and then he just had a pure fight and survived uh john moxley and his kick out of that second paradigm shift is probably one of my favorite near falls of the year the they made a star willa yuda's in there and this is this is how you make somebody you use your stars like john moxley and brian danielson to make someone new and aew is slowly but surely setting up their next pillars you got the main pillars of mjf darby allen jungle boy and sammy Guevara, and then you got the next tier of pillars which is daniel garcia willa yuda lee moriarty and hook so they are set up for years to come with those eight guys and i love what they've done with wheeler and this is incredibly smart it is incredibly incredibly smart because if you are constantly planning for the future and you have your guys okay you got your top tier guys right now okay who's going to be our top tier guys a year from now okay what about two years from now best laid plans it's not always going to work out but if you have a succession plan in place because look you talk about the next pillars i think that's the best way to describe it because who's to say the current pillars are going to be in AEW a year from now? Some of them could jump ship. And Cody Rhodes has said, look, I'm not going to be the only guy who's coming over from AEW. I'll trust him on that, okay? And he's like, and you could probably guess who a few of those people are. One of them, I would say, is MJF. I think that is a guy that it, WWE is going to be hot and heavy after when his contract is up in 2024. But that's still a little bit of ways away. So. Yeah, you want to try and build those guys. And hey, look, it's the next man up philosophy. You got to have depth, which is something that WWE hasn't quite figured out because they have not had those. Okay, well, who's next after Roman? Ah, Brock Lesnar. Okay, but who's next? Who, who's going who's gonna to fight Roman after Brock Lesnar? Ah, Brock Lesnar. Okay, well, okay, we finished the story with Brock Lesnar. Who, who are we? Oh, crap. Oh, Shinsuke Nakamura. Perfect. Everything's great. All right, let's go. Let's go forward. 
Good for Wheeler Yuta. Good for AEW. They got a really solid plan as far as building stars and a solid model in place. And you got to respect the hell out of it. Because Wheeler Yuta, uh, you said it best over the weekend. This is a guy who was like the fourth or fifth best dude in a group of five just like a month ago. And now he's one of the most over dudes in the entire company. It can happen quick. You can make, you can fill that hole at the top of your division by making somebody. Maybe that's what WWE plans to do with Shinsuke Nakamura. Somehow, I doubt it. We thank you guys for listening to all 59 minutes, almost 60 minutes of this half-hour podcast. Thank you so much. Again, make sure to like, share, subscribe. Uh, We will be back tomorrow, 7 a.m., to break down everything that happened on Monday Night Raw, including Cody Rhodes' win over The Miz, including the breakup of Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan because it's coming like a freight train. We got so much to get into tomorrow. Be sure to join us here on the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.